Welcome to the Beauty Scientists with Dr. Christy Hamilton and Dr. Roy Kim. Real beauty without the hype. Welcome back to our next episode of the Beauty Scientists. I'm Dr. Christy Hamilton, board certified plastic surgeon, and I'm here with Dr. Roy Kim, another board certified plastic surgeon. And we're so excited to be here tonight. We are discussing breast enhancement surgery and specifically without implants because we have a whole episode devoted to that as well. Um, Dr. Kim, what have you noticed in your practice? Breast implants are still hugely popular, but have you noticed a difference in patients coming in asking more frequently or less frequently for other forms of breast enhancement surgery? What's happening is that patients are definitely asking more about breast fat grafting. And so most patients don't know the limitations, and hopefully we could talk about it here. Fat grafting is very powerful because we can do liposuction, process the fat, and place it into the breast, and place it exactly where we want to give the most artistic, beautiful result. But there are limitations because we can only actually inject so much fat. And it seems to work best if you need a breast implant along with fat grafting at the edges. It's hard to get lots of volume with just fat grafting only. I don't know what your take on or, or opinion on it is, Dr. Hamilton. Yes. So fat transfer to the breast, fat grafting um, also requires an additional procedure. You have to have some liposuction. So you have to, one, have available fat that you could you'd be willing to part with from one area of your body. Um, and we have to be able to remove it in an aesthetic capacity. And then just as important as the fat being removed or the material being removed is also the quality of the breast tissue that's going to receive it. So if we consider the fat graft to be the seeds, we need to make sure that the field that they're being sown in is also sufficient to handle it. So if you are starting with very small breasts, you might need multiple rounds of fat transfer to ultimately get to the desired volume um, as opposed to what could be done in one surgery with, with breast augmentation. Um, but let's rewind for a minute. What are, what are all the different, what are all the different kinds of non breast surgery, breast implant um, based surgery that what are all what are the different forms of breast enhancement surgery that don't involve implants? If I was your patient coming in and that was something I I wanted. I I think the that's pretty limited. I mean fat, even though it's a procedure, I think it's a lesser procedure than implants. Um I have heard of sculptra or fillers being placed in the breast. I am not a supporter of that at all. I don't think that's good for patients long-term. It's technically possible, but uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Finally, um, there is a non-surgical, not very popular device. I can't even remember the name of it. it. came out about 15 years ago. It's basically a big plastic half ball, and you okay. place it over your breast, and it creates suction, and it actually does increase breast size. It induces breast tissue growth. It doesn't induce that much at all. It's the Brava. That's it, Brava. Out of Miami. Yes. So yes. that that procedure when it came out was like mind blowing. It came out golly twenty five years ago, and it's still around. 
and some people, not very many, use it as a supplement to, hey, we're going to do fat grafting and you're going to get the Brava and we're going to do both to get as much sort of less surgical breast augmentation that your own tissue as possible. And the data that they show is that it increases angiogenesis, so more blood flow to the breast. And then just like with fat transfer to the buttocks, with fat transfer to the breast or any other part of the, of the body, that fat initially survives based on diffusion of nutrients and oxygen. And so if you've got more vascularized tissue, more perfused tissue, theoretically, you might expect to see more survival of more fat cells and therefore potentially get a higher take of the grafted fat. And, but what about, what about other types of breast surgery, like breast lifts? Um, are you a proponent or aficionado of the internal bra? Do you sometimes combine all these techniques? Yes. So with breast lift, you know, we're both plastic surgeons. We know that technically the nipple areola complex or the nipple has to be at a certain level in, in, in certain placement around the breast. Finally, too, if you have a lot of loose skin, even if the nipple is technically in good position, if the breast is not aesthetically pleasing or drooping, then you still need to tighten the skin around it. Uh, a lot of times with breast lift, we need to reposition the breast tissue. We can do that internally to give you a more normal look or enhanced cleavage. So breast lift alone seems to be not a very popular procedure with me, at least. It seems that most patients want breast augmentation and a breast lift. And even if it's a small, smaller, smaller implant, they still want that. Um, how about in your opinion? I am... So breast implants remain very popular, and we saw even with the most recent data coming from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, there was like a 4% rise in, um, in, in breast augmentation relative to pre-pandemic levels. So the interest in breast implants is absolutely still there. But interestingly, what was one of, in the top five procedures of uh, 2022, which is the data that we currently have, was was breast lift. And that has been consistent in my practice. I think I see just as many women that want breast implants plus or minus a lift as I do women who want to have a breast lift, um, maybe some fat grafting, maybe even their implants removed and doing a lift and fat grafting. So there's kind of two types. And oftentimes what they're expressing to me is that they're okay with not getting as much volume as they might get with an implant if they go the fat grafting route, but that they don't want to sign up for a guaranteed future breast surgery like you might have with implants because we yes. know those devices don't last forever. And so they're willing to go with the more natural look. And then we spend a lot of time talking about what the breast will look like. So with breast augmentation, with an implant, we know that we're going to have that very round shape, more volume at the top of the breast. So you have that convexity. So that, if patients show me pictures and they're like, I want that with the lift and fat grafting and internal bra, I try to walk them the other direction. Yeah. Because I don't think you'll get that look at first, but as everything settles, it's going to go to more of that natural teardrop shape. Yeah. Um, if 
if I express to women that they're going to have more of the ski slope teardrop and we can, yes, enhance the upper pull of their breast with some fat transfer, then I think that's a great candidate. And they can always put a little implant in down the line if they change their mind. Yeah. So for the viewers out there, I mean, Dr. Hamilton nailed it. There's breast lift only. There's breast augmentation with breast lift. And frankly, there's breast augmentation with an implant with fat or implant or both and a breast lift. So lots of options. And how much tissue you have, how much loose skin you have and, and breast ptosis, what we call breast sag. Ptosis is the fancy word. All these things determine what we're working with to start off with, but also can determine your final result. Yes. And this is always a very complex discussion. Um, these are the, some of the longest consultations I do in my practice because women just have, which is great, just so many options now. So it's really a question of getting in their mind understanding what they want to look like, and then ensuring the plan that they're choosing is actually going to be able to deliver that result. And then, of course, another fun-filled option to talk about is the internal bra. So how do you like to do it? And I've, you know, have, I assume you've done it pretty much any way, but what your preference is and uh, technically what do you enjoy doing? So I love the internal bra. I think so... How many women out there are like, I would love to go braless and free and still have everything feel nice and supported? That is a overwhelmingly popular concept with women. <laughs> so this is a material. There's two different kinds that are currently in use in the United States anyways, and they are temporary meshes that will slowly evolve into a thin sheet of collagen on the inside. So I like to incorporate it to act as a sling on the lower pole of the breast where like the lower portion of like the cup would be in a bra. And it can, I can also tailor it to help um, revise um, previous breast implants and help like move them closer, create more cleavage. And I think it gives more longevity to lifts or larger augmentations over time. How do you use utilize it? I use it the same way as you do. I like to have a sling. I do love using barb suture to reinforce it even further. And I have used fascia, specifically rectus abdominis fascia, and you can fold it into a U-shape for patients who have really loose skin or have recurrent ptosis. Because that's we're always fighting gravity right? And especially with larger implants. So the larger the implant, the more weight that's going to place on the skin. And some patients have very little native breast tissue and you're, you know, we all know skin is very stretchy. So that is not a great material to keep things up. So if we can take off some of the weight and place it onto the mesh and tack that to the chest wall, then I think that can be a very worthwhile addition to the surgery for larger implants or patients who don't have the best tissue quality. Yeah. Breast lift, we're of course trying to go vertical or fighting gravity. Breast augmentation and lift, we're fighting two directions. We're fighting the volume that protrudes away from your rib cage, away from your breast, as well as gravity. We're trying to keep it up. So that's always fun. 
So talk to me about the scars with breast lifts or reductions. That is always a big fear. I totally understand it. I think that we're a lot better talking to patients about it. I think we're better with aftercare and scar technology. So essentially, most patients are going to end up with something that looks like a lollipop incision. A decent amount of patients will end up with something that looks like an uh, an upside down T incision or an anchor incision, looks like a ship's anchor. So visually, you have a circle around the areola. You have something that goes up and down. That's the lollipop stick, if you will. And then finally, there's something that goes underneath the horizontal. If you have the need for a lot of breast lift, that fortunately, the horizontal incision can usually goes into the breast fold. So there are a decent number of incisions. The vertical one, I think, is the most problematic. And there are definitely ways to make it look as nice as possible. Yes, and I, I completely agree with you. I think when I explain to patients that that horizontal one is in the fold, so that's already a natural shadow, and the one ar around the areola is at a natural color change, those ones are quite discreet and quite anatomically placed and quite acceptable. Um, so the one that everyone worries about is always that vertical incision. Um, and that's where you and I being board certified plastic surgeons comes into play because we spend so much time meticulously suturing the skin edges together, fine technique, layer closure, and then ultimately excellent post-operative scar care afterwards. And that makes, that makes all the difference. And so there are no guarantees with scarring and surgery, but when you do everything that you can on the technical end, um, then I think that the scars are acceptable to patients because they're able to have this beautiful shape afterwards. So I think, I think we're in agreement that if we give patients like the shape that they're looking for, that those breast scars after a lift with or without implants are typically acceptable, um, especially with fine meticulous plastic surgery technique and great post-operative scar care. Um, one other question I get asked all the time is, well, what about sensation of the nipples? And then also, will they function? Meaning, theoretically, can I breastfeed after having these types of operations? Um, what, what do you counsel patients? Anatomically, as surgeons, we're avoiding the milk ducts, we're avoiding the nerves that feed the nipple, and we're very careful about where we're making those incisions. So most patients, virtually all patients actually, should have normal nipple sensation as well as the ability to lactate or produce milk after surgery. Yes, and that's what we see. So if you look at women who've had these operations after the fact, their ability to to breastfeed mirrors the general population of women who haven't had breast surgery. So that's really important to note because some women maybe will always experience difficulty doing uh, being able to breastfeed. Um, that could be surgery related or not, but that's an important part of counseling because that is an important consideration for a lot of women. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the majority of women who had kids breastfed before, then they may get a breast lift and get a, you know, get, become pregnant again, breastfeed again. The vast yes. majority of them are able to breastfeed again. Yeah. So. And that, that's a great thing about the operation as well. Um, and sometimes, you know, 
in the healing process, uh, patients may experience a little bit of diminished sensation afterwards, but typically with that time that returns to near normal. Um, what about recovery and longevity of the treatment? So um, anything that was moving anti-gravity, what do you tell patients how long their result will last? Short term, you want to maintain support for the breast and the incision because there's less tension on it. It doesn't spread as much. I think it does definitely heals better. Most of the swelling goes away pretty quickly in the first month or two, but of course it takes six or 12 months for all healing to occur. And as I said, anti-scar technology and the awareness of it has gotten a lot better in the past couple of years. I think patients are more compliant, so that helps. And finally, I mean, a recent paper a couple of years ago showed that patients are actually able to exercise pretty quickly after breast surgery. Like we're talking within a week or two. Yeah. And I think patients are oftentimes surprised by how good they feel. And we can attribute that to the fact that I think a lot of uh, breast surgery, it's dealing with skin, fat, and breast tissue. And these are not the super sensitive organs of the body, like muscle or bone. Um, and so I think patients, oftentimes they tell me they're, they're surprised how good they feel and how quickly. So it's not an operation you need to be afraid of. I totally agree. I don't, I mean, it is a fair amount of surgery. It's just not that painful. And as surgeons, we know it's not that painful compared to other types of surgery. Yes. And we've come a long way in terms of perioperative management of comfort, as I like to say, because we're not managing pain anymore. We're managing comfort. Yeah. How long do you think the results last or is it hard to predict? The way I describe it to patients is, so that's going to be a multifactorial um, multifactorial uh, like answer for each patient. So number one is just the quality of the original tissues that they have. So there's nothing that she or I can do about that. Patients that have a lot of stretch marks, the tissues are really, really thin, um, not, a, not a, as much elasticity. I don't expect those patients to have as much longevity as someone who's got like thick skin, pristine tissues, dense breast tissue. Um, and then I consider it a reset. So I tell patients we are getting everything for a lift, like back up and full. I think the bigger the implants you put in, the more sag you can expect to have as time goes on, just greater weight on the breast. But it's not going to accelerate through aging and be back to where it was and beyond. It's like a new set point so that everything's high and tight again, and then it will slowly descend over time. Yeah, I like to say we can reverse the hands of time, but we cannot stop the clock. That's a great that's a great phrase and I think it answers the question beautifully. Yeah. So that is that's breast enhancement surgery in a nutshell without implants. Um and also a little bit with, but these are a lot of the little uh the tricks and tools of the trade and it really is you need to have a full toolbox when you're talking to women about breast enhancement surgery because there really are so many options these days and that's important to understand so that a patient can get exactly the surgery that's tailored to her wishes and needs and her body. I totally agree. You know, the anatomy is always the same. Every patient's different. Um, depends on your stage in life, depends on what's going on, depends on your individual desires and aesthetic goals. Yes, absolutely. 
So we hope you enjoyed our podcast about everything breast enhancement surgery with or without implants. There's so many options and it's just the most important thing is to know that there's this full toolkit available to you. And so as you're discussing with your surgeon, just make sure that it's tailored exactly to your needs. And as Dr. Kim and I like to say, as we sign off, stay beautiful. Definitely. Thanks so much for joining me, Dr. Hamilton. And to all our viewers and listeners out there, definitely stay beautiful. Thank you for joining us on The Beauty Scientist. Be sure to visit thebeautyscientist.com and learn more about modern beauty and connect with Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Kim.